What's up, guys? We're back with another episode, and in this one, we are going to dive into a few very critical questions. The first one, what is racism? The second one, is it really about racism? And the third one, what do we do about it? Hey guys, and welcome to another exciting episode of Your Life, God's Word. Thanks for joining this time of relevant conversation and scriptural application where we apply God's Word to the most important areas of life, God, family, and community. We pray this broadcast inspires, encourages, challenges, and blesses you in every way. So without further ado, let's dive right in to this week's episode. So I think most people over the last couple of weeks have, in some way, shape, or form, even if you're not a big news person, uh, you have heard about George Floyd, you've uh, heard about and seen some of the footage, or maybe you've You've been around some of these riots and the different things going on. And, you know, last week I didn't, I just didn't want to touch it. I wanted to go into some of the things that um, are, you know, very important. But this week we're going to dive in and we're going to talk about some of this. Now, if you don't know, right, George Floyd was killed by a police officer. The video uh, shows that he, for about nine minutes or so, he was handcuffed. The police officer had his. Uh, knee on George Floyd's neck while he basically said, hey, I, you know, I, he's, he's begging, please get off of me, I can't breathe, this kind of thing. And the officer ended up killing George Floyd. And uh, since then, he and his fellow officers uh, are getting into some deep doo-doo, um, which, uh, according, again, according to what I, I know and what I understand with the facts at this time, it appears they need to be in some deep doo-doo. Uh, because of what happened. A, a human being made in the image of God is dead, and it certainly appears that it was simply because a police officer didn't get his knee off of the guy's neck. And so it, it, it does... It, wow, what a tragedy here. What a tragedy. The, the issue here... Is kind of twofold. One, we've got the, and we'll deal with it as well, but one, we've got, on one side, we've got riots going on, right? I'm not sure exactly how uh, it's helpful to grab a brick, break into a department store, and steal a TV in the name of George Floyd. I'm not sure how it's, you know, it's helpful to go into a neighborhood and burn down stuff, and that's going to somehow, you know, make things better. But on the other hand, it's this deep discussion about race. It's not, I mean, yeah, somebody died, but, but the, the conversation that, that I've seen, been involved with, you know, heard people on social media, all these things, it's not, you know, human beings doing terrible things to each other or, you know, things of like that. It is very much centered on racism, the fact that George Floyd was, was black and the cop was white, which begs the question, if it was a black cop, would we even be talking about this? I mean, if it was a white victim, would we even be talking about this? And we are going to actually move into that in a little bit. But the first thing here that I want to I ask is, 
what is racism? What is racism? You know, people talk about racism. We, we need to be against it. I, I would agree. But is your definition of racism the same? I think it's important to, to define our terms. I was in a conversation recently uh, with someone, and, and, and the conversation kind of came up about, um, you know, white imperialism, right? And, and, and it was basically like, you know, white people are, you know, have been imperialistic over history and these things. And I said, you know, really, um, it, white people are imperialistic. And then, again, I've, I've not prepared myself. This isn't a debate that I've prepared for and researched for. And just off the top of my head, I'm like, well, what about in Africa where it's there's there's a bunch of people committing atrocities and it's black people on black people? Are they imperialistic? You know? Um, and, of course, the answer is... I'm just being caught up and swept up in the nonsense. That's the real answer. But the answer that you get is, well, you know, or, well, but, or, uh, you know, think about it, right? Or the Aztecs imperialistic? Were they racist? People in the Middle East, Sunnis, Shiites, are, are they racist? Is that what's driving them? Are they imperialistic, right? This is what kind of what I was what I was getting at, and so I think we need to we need to define what is what is racism. I mean, I just went to the you know dictionary, good old fashioned dictionary. I went to dictionary.com. By by no means some right wing evil you know conspiratorial. They're just out to get you know people of minority status or whatever. I and mean, this is dictionary.com, folks. And here we go: the three definitions of racism. A belief or doctrine that inherent differences among the various human racial groups determine cultural or individual achievement, usually involving the idea that one's own race is superior and has the right to dominate others, or that a particular racial group is inferior to others. That's the first definition. Second definition, policy, system of government, etc., based upon or fostering such a doctrine or discrimination, right? So a policy that fosters discrimination. Third definition, hatred or intolerance of another race or other races. So right there embedded in the definition, right, it's when something centers around race, and generally, even in these definitions, we can see it's generally uh, in the negative context, right? It's generally in a negative context. Very few people are going to, you know, shout racism, you racist pig, uh, if you're saying, you know what, I want to, I just really like Asians and I want to donate a bunch of money to people that are Asian. I mean, you know, they're not going to go, oh, you racist, you know, scumbag. They're, they're going to they're gonna go, oh, you know, wow, that's nice of you. So it's generally in a negative context, but it's, it centers around race. It just has to do with race, okay? Now, the issue, though, is that some definitions don't actually go there. They, they don't actually go to it's just about race because I recently learned that to say, for instance... If I were to say, which I feel this way, but if I were to say to someone, 
I only believe I only believe in one race, the human race. Um, actually, the message I'm trying to convey, I'm going to read this, okay? The message I'm really trying to convey is you should assimilate to the dominant culture. You should just assimilate to the dominant culture. I'm actually denying the individual as a racial being or a cultural being. Now, I am reading that. You may think that's, that's insane. Who would say that? No, 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 friends. This is from UCSC in California, okay? This is not some, you know, ridiculous outlier somewhere. This is directly from their website, talking about microaggressions, bunch of nonsense, microaggressions. Um, and it, it's, you know, the theme is supposed to be colorblindness. Like, there's only one race. Check this out. Here, here is a list of other things that they are saying are microaggressions and... They, they really mean you're, you're a racist. When I look at you, I don't see color. I don't believe in race. America is a melting pot. They believe that all these things, what you're really saying is you should just assimilate to the dominant culture. I'm denying the significance of a person of color. That is what they say on their website in their tool called Recognizing Microaggressions and the Messages They Send. So to say something that I believe is totally, you know, across the board, loving, and this is the way we should be, no, you're actually just a white imperialist. That's white privilege to say, I don't actually look at color. I don't look at skin color. I don't look at race. Oh, you racist pig. So... As we talk today, if that's your definition of racism, that if I say I don't really think racism should be a should be a thing that we have in the country and I and I don't think in terms of race personally or I don't really look at people and define them by their color, if that to you means I'm a racist, we can't even have a conversation because your definition of racism is is twisted and jacked up. But for those out there who would agree that, yeah, racism, it doesn't matter what the race is, racism is a problem, and it centers around when we focus on race. It <laughs> seems like a simple definition, but, woo, I guess it, it can be complicated. So there is a, an example I want to give um, on this, and... It comes from a New York Times article. The article is entitled, Where Does Affirmative Action Leave Asian Americans? And the, the article basically talks about how there's affirmative action at Harvard. And this is something that people do not deny. It's not like a, no, there's really not affirmative action. The question and issue usually on trial, usually in the forefront, is, well, I mean, but is it justifiable? Is it okay? Let me just break out affirmative action for you. Affirmative action is basically, we see people of a certain race, and we think they're underprivileged. We think they don't have you know, as good a head start. They don't, they don't have some of these things that maybe other people um, have. And so, we are going to make special privileges for this race that other races don't get. You get a special privilege. Now, 
you know, you might think, oh my goodness, that's racist, but people call it affirmative action. And what has happened is there was a group of, I think this court case is actually still going on, um, but there's a group of Asian Americans who came together, right? So just Americans, right? But they happen to be of Asian descent. And they came together and, you know, have this lawsuit. And they're basically saying, look, things should be across the board about things like, you know, your test scores. Like, we shouldn't be looking at an Asian or a black person, right? You get Asian person, black person. We shouldn't be saying, well, the Asian person blows them out of the water. Test scores, all this stuff, everything we look at to get into the school, they're, they're doing better. But we're going to let the black person in because, sorry, dude, you know, we, we've got X amount of percentage of people that we want to let in that are black. That is, they're saying that is racist. That is not correct. That is, that, that is not something we should be doing. And I personally, again, go back to the definition of racism, right? The second one, a policy, right, of discrimination is basically what that second one says. It, it, it actually says just discrimination. This is discrimination. Now, you might say, well, it's, but it's positive on the favor of, of the black student, but it's negatively impacting the Asian student. <laughs> so we're discriminating, and, and we, basically what we're doing is we're picking sizes, is who is okay to discriminate against and who is it not okay to discriminate against. I guess Asian Americans get the short end of the stick. Okay? Now, this is the whole point of the, of the lawsuit. And in the article, there was a, there was a person that was interviewed, and, and this is what they said. Look, I support Harvard's right to pursue the diversity they want, right? Code. Diversity, discrimination. <laughs> okay? Diversity means, what they mean by that is discrimination. They mean affirmative action. Uh, said one Asian American who described herself as a staunch supporter of affirmative action. So this is an Asian American female who actually supports affirmative action, okay? And here's what they say. I support it, but of course they discriminate against Asian kids. So this is an Asian kid who actually supports it, but says, yeah, it's discrimination against Asians. But for some reason, that's okay. For some reason, that's okay. Now, there's a guy named Edward Blum. He is the, uh, kind of, he's kind of over, helped uh, head up the SFFA, which is the Students for Fair Admissions. And he said, you know, in this, in this article, we believe that a student's skin color or ethnic heritage should not be used to help or harm that student's prospects of being admitted to a college or university. Now, who would disagree with that? I want to read it again. We believe a student's skin color or ethnic heritage should not be used to help or to harm that student to get into the college is basically what they're saying. Now, who would disagree with that, right? Isn't that across the board? Doesn't matter if they're white, doesn't matter if they're black, doesn't matter if they're Filipino, doesn't matter if they're uh, Hispanic. Color, and so race and ethnicity shouldn't matter. And then he goes on uh, to say, uh, the, the interviewer actually said to them, well, uh, you know, they asked... If the ultimate goal was to end racial preferences, not only in college admissions, but in all parts of the law. So, in other words, this guy says this. We don't believe there should be race and ethnicity um, for college admissions. The interviewer said, well, 
would you actually like to extend that to all parts of the law where people based on color or race, right, or ethnicity, we don't look at that at all for good or for bad. And this, right, Edward Blum said, yes, absolutely, I won't deny it. So Edward Blum is out there saying, I want to eliminate color, race, ethnicity from the table where we make a consideration on somebody. Don't even look at that. And this is what people have to say about Edward Blum. Uh, Action.18mr.org, okay, has an article on Mr. Blum. And not a very nice article either, okay? Just blasting this dude, okay? What do, uh, what do they say about, that, about him? Here's a quote from the, from the online article. We must refuse to be used as a political wedge in Blum's racist agenda. So it's actually racist to say, I don't want to look at race, right? This is exactly <laughs> what I was just reading off the microaggressions nonsense, okay? To say we should eliminate racist or racism by not looking at race, not looking at color, not looking at ethnicity at all, right? That is actually racist. <laughs> I mean, now you may not think that, you probably don't, but that's how some people think. That is insanity. How are we ever going to not have racism in this country when some people think by not having racist racism, that's actually racist? That, that's <laughs> Okay. Now, the evidence here is clearly, I mean, it's pointing toward we have institutionalized racism. In our schools, at least. It's okay to have affirmative action. It's okay to do that. Now, anecdotally, I know someone who was a high-level senior executive of a company, and they went into a city, I will not name the city, but they went into a city and needed to get some work done. The city had an affirmative action program and they basically said you must use this company over here because their company is owned by a minority now the company said wait a minute this these people are not they don't necessarily have a great reputation they aren't necessarily the most capable candidate we're just looking for who can do the best job and the city said if you want to do business with us you must use this person they of course said okay fine we'll use the person that you're Recommending. They documented it. They got all that down, right? Just a note to uh, to the wise. And then later, this company defrauded them. Okay? The minority-owned company. Okay? The, <laughs> the company that went into the city trying to use, make sure I don't say anything here, <laughs> give it away, um, sued the city and said, you know what, you guys owe us money because you made us use, your affirmative action program made us use this minority-owned business. And they won the lawsuit. The city had to pay up because they forced them through affirmative action to use a less-than-reputable company. Now, am I saying all minority companies are, are, are not reputable? Of course not. How insane would that be? No, there's wonderful uh, companies out there owned by, you know, women, owned by 
uh, owned by blacks, owned by uh, Latinos. Owned, I mean, <laughs> name your minority. They're, they're people. And that's what I would propose is that people can be racist, whether they're blacks, whites, Hispanics, or they can be good people who, who don't harbor racism. They could be crooks and criminals, whether they're white or Filipino or Asian or Mexican. I mean, it doesn't matter, right? Whether they're they're from Europe or Australia or whether they're you know living in South America, there's good people and bad people. But until we get away from the whole idea that, well, to undo racism, we now have to be racist just going the other way, we, we will never overcome racism. I know another person who grew up in the inner city, and their brother actually went to school, got a law degree, um, did, you know, did, did very well for themselves. And this person said that he, I believe he actually was part of it at one time, but definitely people in the neighborhood, people around that knew this guy that went to school, now these, these folks are minorities. They are not white. Okay, they basically were laughed at him and said, "What are you? Why are you going to school? What are you trying to be white? Denigrating the guy, degrading him for going to school and getting a law degree." Okay, this is the the problem is not one okay of just one sided racism. We need to we need to talk to all the you know the certain people of a certain color of a certain class and get them all on board and 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 you know go through reprogramming. That's not the issue. The issue is that there are racists all over the place, right? There is racism all over the place. And, and here's, here's someone. Um, his name is Ibram Kendi. He's a black man. He wrote a book called How to Be an Anti-Racist. And uh, there's an article in, in, uh, on CNN.com, the... Heading of the article, the name of the article is, Sure, Black People Can Be Racist Too. Okay? And this article goes on and talks about, uh, you know, Kendi's book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, and quotes him as saying, Like every other racist idea, the powerless defense underestimates black people and overestimates white people. So what is he saying there? He's saying that it's actually racist to be looking at whites and thinking they have all this power, all this control, all this ability to keep their thumb on everybody and make it sound like everybody else is just a bunch of wimps and wusses and they have no say, no voice, no power, no... I mean, folks, we've got, we've got people of mo- most every race represented at the highest levels of government, at the highest levels of power, at the highest levels of business, and yet we're still talking like when you look across the landscape, it's all just a bunch of white people controlling everything. That, that is not even true at all. I mean, I haven't, I haven't done it for this research. I do a lot of research. Not a lot necessarily, but I do research and stuff going into something like this. Um, but if you were to take a, just a look at the landscape of the CEOs of, uh, maybe just the C-suite, the C-suite of major organizations, CEOs, CFOs, COOs, those kinds of things, HR, you know, C, uh, chief, what do they call that? The, the, the chief HR person. CPO? Chief people officer, I think, maybe? Anyway, you were just at the C-suite. You're going to find everybody. Black, white, Spanish, male, female. 
right? Homosexual. I mean, every pretty much everything you could ask for, it's going to be there somewhere, okay? And these are the people that are in charge, the people that are the, the most powerful people in the organization. But that doesn't matter. I mean, of course, we all know Obama was our president. Where have you been living for the last, you know, two decades? I mean, we, we all know this. We, we, we all know, right, during that time, Eric Holder, the head of the DOJ, we... We, I mean, we, we, we there, there are people in, right, in all facets, but we still, why right, we, we, we listen to these conversations, like, oh, none of that even matters. What we need to start doing is asking, is it really about race? Is it really about racism, or is it about a certain subculture that wants to try and get in power or be in power and just use that? As a convenient excuse, a convenient excuse to try and pull people together and push people to do and say and, and, and you know things and behave in ways that maybe they wouldn't otherwise, but man, we throw that racism out there. Now people are going to get on our side. There is a There was a video going around a little while back, uh, a couple months ago, of this... Uh, this UVA student who who got up and said the following public a service public service announcement excuse me if y'all didn't know this is the MSC which is the multicultural student center and frankly there's just too many white people in here and this is a space for people of color so just be really cognizant of the space that you're taking up because it doesn't make some of us POCs, which I guess means people of color. I didn't even know that. Uh, it makes us uncomfortable when we see too many white people in here. What? <laughs> I mean, and again, it was a you know viral video a couple of months ago. Uh, what? Now, again, I'm not trying to say, of course, of course, tons and tons. I would say the majority of black people probably do not support this or think this way. But racism is a thing that is uh, within people. doesn't matter what race they are. I'm just saying this because that, uh, that article that I referenced on CNN.com that, you know, entitled Sure Black People Can Be Racist Too, they, they open up acknowledging... That there's a lot of people that think that just because you're a minority or because you're black or whatever, that you actually can't be racist. That it's, you know, it's not possible to be racist because that, that makes no sense, right? But some people think that way. So if you say something racist against white people, then that's okay. But if you say the exact same thing about somebody that's Latino, like, whoa, you're way out of line. How is that going to heal racism? How is that an honest conversation about race when, when it's all one-sided and we're actually going to be very racist, but, but it's an honest conversation about how we need to heal racism? That's not going to work. That's not going to work, okay? When we hide people like the Ben Carsons, the Clarence Thomases, right? I mean, guys like Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, why is it that they're, they're, they're touted and thrown up there and always get the limelight? And guys like Ben Carson or Clarence Thomas are like, oh, they're just, nah, you know, they're whatever. 
I mean, these guys have reached the pinnacle of their career in different ways and, and areas, and it's almost like they don't exist. Or if they do, you know, again, Uncle Tom, they're not real, quote-unquote, really black. Like, what does that mean? I have a, uh, I have a person I went to lunch with one time um, a little while back, a black guy, great guy, um, you know, great family. Again, uh, just good guy, okay? And he said that he, when he was in high school, he would literally have other black people tell him, you're not really black. You're not really black. Because, and, they, and he said, in his words, because of the, you know, he didn't talk, sort of like, you know, ghetto, thuggish, that kind of thing. And, of course, you know, he was, he was more about, like, you know, being, being scholastic, achieve, you know, having scholastic achievements and different things that they felt like, right, same thing for this other person that I know, right, with a brother that was Hispanic, <laughs> that, that went to school to be a lawyer. Same exact thing. This person's talking about stuff that happened to them in Atlanta. So we got Atlanta, all right? We got somebody, the other person was from, from uh, New York area, okay? So this is all over the place. Why don't we just say racism is garbage, it stinks, and it doesn't matter who is being racist, we should eliminate it. But eliminating racism would require eliminating some quote-unquote, good programs like affirmative action. Because we would start saying, nope, we're not going to look at race at all. I think that's, that should happen. That, I mean, that's how I operate. Every person I... I mean, folks, I've, I've worked, you know, secular job and hired people of every stripe. It didn't matter to me whatsoever. My question was, can you do the job? <laughs> not oh wait a minute you know what race are you or what's your sexual preference like what i mean we're not talking about that today but i mean it's just that's not i mean that's not exactly um how i operate and i think i've, I've seen research that a lot of millennials are in this boat a lot of millennials which, which i think will give us hope if we don't try to you know now dismantle and destroy them by saying oh you're actually racist by saying we shouldn't look at race but a lot of millennials actually don't really consider, you know, race and ethnicity and color, you know, in, in who their friends are going to be or who they're going to marry or they just don't. It's not a thing. And I hope that's giving us hope <laughs> for the future. Um, the thing about things like affirmative action is everybody who knows about affirmative action knows that it's institutional racism. The issue is that they go, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, well, but. And, and that's the problem, okay? That is the problem. We need to eliminate it across the board, okay? We just need to eliminate racism across the board. Now, are there certain legitimate reasons why, why race might play an issue into something and we might want to look at race? Well, of course, right? If you're going to hire an actor to play Martin Luther King in a dramatic series on Netflix and the actor is white as white can be, and they're playing Martin Luther King. I'm just, maybe they're a great actor. I, there's lots of great actors that are white that I, that I enjoy, but maybe we should pick a black actor, <laughs> I mean, right? Uh, a doctor asks about medical history and asks what your race and your ethnicity might be. That's not, I mean, that, that's not racist in, in, a, 
in any negative way that because there are genetic markers that, you know, somebody that's white might be dealing with things that someone that's Latino does not deal with generally, right? And so they just want to get an idea of, okay, what kinds of genetics are we talking about, right? So there are clear reasons and, and distinctions within race. But I think when it comes to uh, things of merit, be it, a, be it getting into a, a college or getting a job, I think race should not play into it, good or bad. I am, based on that part of what I know about Edward Blum, I'm Team Blum. Let's eliminate these things as factors altogether. Now, this leads us into the discussion about George Floyd, right? We've defined, you know, kind of what, what do we mean by racism, this kind of thing. Is it really racism is the second question, right? What is racism? Now we're moving into the second question that I opened up with. Is it really racism? Here's the issue with the George Floyd thing. I don't know all the evidence. I don't know all the facts. I'm not the chief prosecutor. I'm not an investigator on the case. They're not calling me and asking my opinion and, and giving me all the, all the documents and stuff. But, but is it a terrible thing that a, that a cop leans his, his guys? You got a guy that's cuffed. He's helpless. He can't do anything. We have a cop that kills him by keeping his knee on his neck. That in and of itself should make us step back and go, what is going on here? Why did this happen? The fact that it's white and black, why does that matter? Okay? First of all, it should be a thing even if it was white on white. Okay? Now, but is it racist? Because it is white on black. It was a white guy and a black guy, right? But is it racist? Did he do that because he's a racist? I don't know. How do you know? How can you possibly know? What evidence are you looking at? Are you only looking at the fact that one guy's white and one guy's black and therefore it must be racism? I would suggest that if that's how you look at things, you are the racist. You are the problem that has an issue with race because when you see things, you see things, pardon the pun, white and black. You see things black and white. You see a crime that's committed and it was a white and black, right, victim and perpetrator, and immediately your mind goes to race. Now, had it been a black cop on the neck of a white guy, would you think the same thing? And if the answer is no, well, probably not. You know, black cop killing a white guy, that you know, that's not. You are a major racist. Major racist. Would you be rioting? Would you be throwing bricks if that was the case? Wow, you need to go home and pray. You are a total racist. And that's why I'm saying, was it race? I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe it totally was. And the guy is not only, you know, I don't know. I don't know what this guy's going to get. I, I think, I don't know what the, I don't know what the, you know, the line of distinction is for manslaughter versus murder, you know, in this jurisdiction and stuff. Some places, murder, you got to prove intent. And maybe, I mean, the argument would be, oh, I didn't intend to kill him. It was an accident. To me, that's manslaughter. Uh, to me, at the very least, he's going to jail. He killed somebody, and maybe he didn't mean to, but it's still manslaughter. And and based on the evidence that I see right now, okay, I'm not the investigator on the case, and maybe more evidence comes out. I don't know, okay. So and, and neither do a bunch. Most of the people that are rioting, uh, most of them don't care whatsoever. We're going to talk about that in a second. But um, you know what is 
What does, let me just ask this, though. Is it really about race? What does Floyd's death have to do with burning down a target where hundreds of people lose their jobs? People that don't know George Floyd, people that never met the guy, people that certainly weren't there choking him, right? Some Hispanic single mother trying to support her babies, working at some establishment that you just burnt to the ground. What in the name of all that is sacred does that have to do with race or George Floyd or whatever? What does somebody breaking into a store and stealing a flat screen TV have to do with a converse, a healthy conversation about race? And, and you know what the problem is? In all of our healthy conversations, I'm not seeing a lot of these woke organizations and woke news channels. I'm not seeing a lot of them condemning the riots, saying this is absolute garbage. What are you doing? Put that stuff back, y'all bunch of looters. I don't see a lot of that. I see everybody, well, not everybody, but lots of people just focusing on, we need to have a conversation about race. And most of those conversations about race have nothing to do with, hey, racism is across the board. Let's just not have racism. Let's make sure we're not racist, whether we're black, white, Filipino, right? I've already done all that, right? So, and here's, here's some of my evidence that I, would, that I would use. Do you know who Daniel Schaefer is? Do you know who Tony Timpa is? No, you don't. Well, I should say was. Do you know who they were? No, you don't. You don't know who these guys are. You want to know why you don't know who these guys are? Because they were white people who were killed by cops while they were being arrested or held. And I'm telling you, I've seen the videos. Um, I mean, Daniel Schaefer, he is at, obviously, he's in a hallway, in a hotel, on his, on his knees with his hands up. He is obviously trying to comply with the cops. I'm unarmed. Please don't shoot. And the cop's yelling at him, do this, do this. And some of the stuff he's yelling at him is a little bit contradictory. Like, put your hands up, put your hands over here. Wait, was it up or was it on my, don't talk back to me. I mean, that's, that's what it was like. Only one guy has a gun and the right to use it and the other guy doesn't. <laughs> and at the end of the video, they say, now, now crawl to me. And he starts to crawl and, and it looks like, I mean, from the video, it looks like what happened was like his, his pants started to come down because the awkward position he was in, and he reached to, to move his pants, you know, pull him back up so he's not crawling over to the cops naked, and the cops opened fire and killed the guy. Okay, that's Daniel Schaefer. Tony Tempa, they, this guy was on, you know, they, they thought he was on something, they got him handcuffed, they roll him over onto his stomach, he's like, ah, you know, and all this stuff. They're, you know, again, the cops are there, come on guys, let me up, I can't breathe, and all this stuff, he's going on and on, I can't breathe, guys, I can't breathe. The guy lays there, and ba I mean, they, nobody was even, I don't think was even, it didn't look like they were even touching him or anything. Definitely not, okay, not, not to the extent of George Floyd, okay? They were just watching this guy. The guy goes still, goes limp, okay, because his face is buried in the grass. He, he, he dies. He dies. Where were the riots? Where was the conversation about race? Where was the conversation about anything you want to know why because most of these people i'm just going to call them out most of them don't care
They don't care. Most of y'all don't. You don't care that somebody died in police custody. You don't care. All you care about is race baiting. All you care about is any excuse to grab a brick and throw it through a store and steal something that you covet. I mean, how do I know this? I was going to play it, but I, I don't know if I have time. Uh, George Floyd's family has come out and, and said he would not be condoning this stuff going on. He would not be condoning this stuff going on. Are people listening? No. You know why? Because it's not about race. It's not about race. It's not about George Floyd. It's not. It's not. Okay? It's not. And I would challenge someone, if you believe if you believe it is, I have the links here, we can sit down and look at this together, I have the, the data, you put your data together and you prove me wrong. My hypothesis is that this has nothing to do with race, that there are white people and people of other races that this same exact thing has happened to and does happen to and continues to happen to and nobody cares. Nobody brings it up, Okay. Michael Brown, remember that? Hands up, don't shoot, the gentle giant, okay? I watched a video on CNN where these folks are talking about, uh-uh, that's not what happened, okay? I watched Eric Holder, the black head of the Department of Justice underneath a black president, Obama. Eric Holder came out and said they investigated thoroughly Thoroughly, the, the, the facts of the Michael Brown case, okay? And they did not find any prosecutable conduct in that case. But there were, remember Ferguson? Do you remember Ferguson? There were riots, there was, oh, it's all about race and these guys and these cops killing people. And guys, Eric Holder and Obama were in there investigating and found nothing, no wrongdoing. <laughs> do you care no people didn't care they moved on oh it's not about race oh whatever yeah it is yeah it is oh, I don't believe I don't believe Eric Holder that, that white supremacist Obama you Uncle Tom I mean you what I mean I don't know how people justify it ridiculous now I wonder on the other side okay do we actually care about human uh, life do we care about human life I went on to the Officer Down Memorial page, the ODMP.org. Officer Down Memorial page. And in 2020 alone, there have been 23 on-duty police officers killed by just gunfire. Now, killed in other areas and stuff, but this is just those killed by gunfire. Okay? Now, what I did so that, so that we were, I, I can really hone in and narrow in on what I'm talking about, is I, I, I eliminate all the white people. And I just, just the officers who are not white, officers like Waldus J. Johnson, a Detroit police officer, who sustained on April the 30th, 2017, while responding to a domestic violence call, was shot and killed. He served in the Detroit Police Department for seven, 
17 years. 17 years. Had a wife, a daughter, and two sons. I would say this to the family of Officer Johnson. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your service. Your memory is not forgotten. Or what about Officer Brianne Leith? And I, I apologize if I get any of these names wrong. Brianne Leith. Uh, looks to me to be a nice-looking black lady. Uh, killed while responding to a domestic disturbance call. Walked up to the front door, and somebody shot through the door and killed her. I mean, you can. she's got a picture here. She's survived by her three-year-old son. Three-year-old son. I would say to that young boy and to the family left behind, Officer Leith, thank you for your service. Thank you, family, for this, this sacrifice. Your memory is not forgotten. Or how about... What about office Officer... David Kellywood of the White Mountain Apache Tribal Police Department, who, after responding to reports of shots in the area, arrived on the scene, encountered the subject who attacked them, and in the struggle, Officer Kellywood lost his life. He is survived by his wife, and two children. I have three kids. I can imagine. Now I've got no I, I I've got no reason to I have no family members that are police officers. I don't I I'm just a, and most of my run-ins with the police are typically, you know, ending with me getting a ticket and being very frustrated with the police. <laughs> so understand. But I I know these, do you think Officer Kellywood, do you think Officer Leith, do you think Officer Johnson kissed their kids goodbye that day and thought, this is my last day, this is the one? No. They put their lives on the line to protect and serve. And are there corrupt cops? Absolutely. Are there, are there issues with the system? Absolutely. But are we going to now pull down the entire, defame and destroy and degrade the name, the good reputation of good officers who are by and large the majority? When there might be some that are bad apples? Instead of signs that say, defund the police, how about just end police corruption? Amen. But defund the police? Now, I'm not using... This is not just to pull at people's tug strings. Pull at people's tug strings? <laughs> tug at people's heartstrings. 
as I was doing my research, I, I'd never even heard of this thing before, the Officer Down Memorial page. But I'm telling you, I was at the point of tears reading some of these stories. You've got little babies that are going to grow up without a mom and, or without a dad because their dad went out to protect and serve. And that day they gave the ultimate sacrifice, laying down their life to protect someone in the community. Again, I'm going to say on behalf of the citizens of this country, to all officers and those held up on the Officer Down Memorial page, we thank you for your service. Your memory is not forgotten. And to the families, we thank you for the sacrifice. You see, human nature is to lash out. It's to lash out. I don't believe we should. We should lash out of the forces of darkness that bring people to these kinds of states of mind, of heart. But again, to look at what happened with George Floyd and to think I'm now justified in hating or condemning the police or rioting and burning down somebody's home or business. What is wrong with us? What is wrong with us? Did you know about Officers Johnson, Leith, Kellywood? Probably not. Where were the marches? Where were the riots? Where were the churches getting National notoriety because they were standing with the family of Officer Wallace J. Johnson. This is on churches, too. I'm a pastor. We have a church. This is on churches, too. If you're going to get out there and be part of the hype, why is it that we're so selective? Now, I get it. Yeah, this is the popular thing right now. But are you never torn or broken about any of this? until it's a popular thing in the news. We never hear a peep about human indignity until it's a hot-button topic like racism or sexism. I, I would challenge all of us pastors, let's check our heart a little bit. Let's see if, mm, are we just doing this for some of the hype, some of the notoriety, maybe we'll get our name in the paper, or is it a legitimate concern? I'm just asking, just asking the question. Now, on this whole nonsense of defund the police, okay, Allison uh, Camarota, I think is how you pronounce it, of the uh, of CNN, asked Lisa Bender, she's the president of the Minneapolis City Council, um, because, you know, she's talking about, Lisa Bender is talking about, you know, actually moving toward taking steps to defund the police and, and what that's going to look like in different things. And uh, Allison Camarota, I mean, she asked the normal question. What if in the middle of the night my home is broken into? Who do I call? Now, she's saying, you know, on behalf of citizens that might be on the other side, what would you say to them if they asked you, what if in the middle of the night my home is broken into? Who do I call? Right? No police. <laughs> Lisa Bender said this. Yes, 
I hear that loud and clear from a lot of my neighbors, and I know, and myself too, and I know that comes from a place of privilege. Wow. Now, if you're thinking what I'm thinking, you're probably along the lines of Laura Logan, who's a journalist, and said it this way. I remember when I was being gang-raped and beaten by a mob in Egypt. Would have been great to have a police force to call then. Would that have been my white privilege talking? So it's now it's white privilege to want someone to answer when we call 911. However, what percentage of the 911 calls in the south side of Chicago are not white people? Do we want to defund the police there? What percentage of calls to 911 in, say, Spanish Harlem in New York, what percentage of those are white people? Do we want to defund the police there? What percentage in L.A., in Washington, D.C., in Orlando, Florida, in Seattle, in Houston, what percentage of the 911 calls? <laughs> Do you think it's 100% of the time it's just a white person calling because they're white privilege? This is where we've gotten to as a nation? Where we, we denigrate and dis destroy with words, destroy with our attitudes, our police departments? And we say things like, well, if you want the police to show up at your house... That's just white privilege talking. Wow. That's where we are as a nation. That's where we are as a nation. That is despicable. And I pray, I pray for the healing of this nation. The answer, the answer is the church. The true church the real church, the answer is the church. You see, because in the church, now I can't help it if this isn't your church, or the church that you used to go to that burned you with religion and, and whatever. Okay, I can't help that they're not a true church, that the real thing that's supposed to be. But the true church is supposed to be a place of love, of equality, at the cross. The book of Galatians, chapter 3, verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The original church was extremely revolutionary in this point. You are talking about a culture that the socioeconomic divide was unbelievable. Nothing like it is in all of Western culture and probably most of the world. I mean, there, the divide when you were a slave versus a free person or the divide of, ooh, they're a religious Jew versus this, this, this pagan Gentile over here or the divide between male and female in 
those cultures in that day, massive divide. And yet, when the Holy Spirit of God moved upon Paul to write his letter to the Galatians, he said, we are all one in Christ. Friends, he wasn't destroying the distinctions. That He knew there were distinctions there. That's why he listed them. But he said, we should not look at these things in one another. We should see Jesus. We should love each other. I'm here to tell you, that is the answer. The answer is not punish men on behalf of women. That just swings the pendulum the other way. The answer is not punish whites on behalf of minorities. That just swings the pendulum in the other direction. The answer is not defund the cops. That just creates anarchy and destruction. The answer is the church. The answer is Jesus Christ. I'm going to end with something that I heard. It just touched my heart so much. My my daughter and son were talking about some stuff. We recently got some new video games, and they like to play them. And I have a uh, I have a couple of controllers. One of them is a white controller, and one of them is a black controller. I have a couple of oh, a couple of controllers. They have different colors. Uh, I've actually got I guess some gray, blue, red <laughs> controllers. But they're talking, and my and my sister, my sister, <laughs> no, my daughter, uh, s- said, you know, oh, are you white? Are you white? said this to my son, and she was not referencing his skin color. She was referencing, you know, the, these controllers. Um, you know, when we get back home, we're going to be the white controller, basically. Um, so she said, are you white? And my son, profound. If we could just get a hold of this, if we could all just really think this way. My son turns and says, well, we're all just different colors. We're all just different colors. Could it be that we are really just a beautiful arrangement, a mosaic, a kaleidoscope in God's eyes, all coming together in harmony, all coming together in Him, and that's the way He intended it? I wonder what the world would look like if we could get back to principles of the kingdom of God, the love, the unity, the peace, the humility, if we could stand with Paul and say, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus that this is the direction in which we head.